Welcome, heathens and witches, to the Horn and Cauldron Podcast, Pub Chat Edition. So we've got it's drinks time. I'm I'm just drinking brandy. In a I've just got tea. Just we couldn't be more opposite. Regular in a cup. I just made... still not drinking. Listen, you know what? I... The utter disrespect happening in this pub right now. The disrespect. Of this I was pub. drinking earlier. I made nice. a, I made more golden tea golden milk tea mix today um like literally using a mortar and pestle and was like i am gonna have some of this tea yeah so that, yeah. this is the thing that i've been wanting all day definitely 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 uh, i put it in my coffee every day it's fantastic just a little bit just a wee bit yeah but this is um, like fresh and new and yeah boy, i made like a like two mason jars full nice. like i made well we go through it fairly quickly i mean i drink like a pot of coffee <laughs> i made so. like more than a quart nice. of this stuff nice nice uh so yeah i'm john norgrove this is julie norgrove this is a horn and cauldron podcast but the off week edition where i'm in charge <laughs> and uh we get to talk about whatever the fuck i want to save talk us about. all yeah right uh this is like not researched and this is just like a you know, uh chill hangout off the cuff kind of discussion forum thing. So grab yourself something to drink and uh, we're gonna endeavor to keep this one short. No, we won't. I don't even know what the topic is and I'm gonna say, no, we won't. We probably won't, but we'll see what happens, man. I don't know, whatever, I'm exhausted. Um, so uh, to that end, in today's topic, I wanted to talk about a magical system from a book series that we're reading. We're reading Patrick Rothfuss's The King Killer series. Yes, the Kingkiller Chronicles, <laughs> which is currently two books. I totally get it. Um, Wise Man's Fear and Name of the Wind. Name of the Wind. Yeah. Those are backwards. The Name of the Wind, Name is, the the wind first is the first one. first book. Yeah. Uh, and so we we listen to these books. You are almost done with the second book. I am about three quarters of the way through it. Okay. The second book is like 42 hours. Yeah, it's, it's long. And I, uh, I I'm, had I'm not a lot of time. I'm already like 20 hours into a different book past it. Uh, but, um, but I wanted to talk about specifically the system, one of the systems of magic used in this franchise. So in this franchise of books, right, we learn, we follow the story of Quoth, um, the the guy that they're calling the kink. The main character. The main character. Uh, and he goes to this universe's equivalent of Hogwarts, but it seems way fucking cooler than Hogwarts. It's um, also got like a mundane wing to it. Well, that's just like the other side of the river in town. Yeah, like the other side of the yeah. river in town. Uh, you know, yes, yeah. this, this isn't all like, se- like they're not like separating magic people from non-magic people and shit. Uh, but um, so this this uh, university, in this university, he learns something called sympathy or sympathetic magic. And this is just the m- physics of um, intention. Oh, God. This is just intention, it's physics, the magical thing. series. It's I, physics I, and magic. I, I love it. Oh, no. I love it to death. He also, oh, he no. also learns naming, but we're not, we're not a hundo pasundo on that yet. Also, there's still more in this series. The author is uh, working on another book. Yeah, from what, yeah, from what we understand, when we say, Mr. quote unquote, Office. working on, he's working on it in the same way that George R. R. Martin is working on the sixth book in the Game yeah. of Thrones series. So he's which I know is a song of just, ice and fire. Don't at me. Whatever. Um, so we may never get another. 
Yeah. Uh, but I hope that we do. This is fantastic. This should be made into a series fucking immediately. Uh, they're really good. But so, okay. So let's get into sympathetic magic. Yeah. Sympathetic magic is essentially finding connections between stuff and then having the cojones to just be like, it's certainly most assuredly the same thing. hundred fucking percent. And then it just works. It's so clean it a is. magical system because it's so simple it's literally just like okay if i want to light that candle over there and that candle has like let's say uh cotton wick in it and i have a fire over here i can take a piece of cotton in my hand right and be like that's cotton this is cotton they're the same cotton and then throw that cotton in the fire and the sympathetic link held in my mind between those two pieces of cotton will transfer the thermal energy of the fireplace into that cotton wick to combust that cotton wick uh but you can also so that's obviously like 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 things similar things are the most powerful sympathetic connections. However, you can also take a sympathetic, you can make sympathetic connections between less connected things, sometimes things as simple, even as simply a shape of a thing being representative, uh, as well as you can take your energy to do this magic from a myriad of places, including your own body heat, which is fantastic. Yes. Right? So the this whole system sort of exists around the idea that like so long as I believe hard enough and it's not even believe it's like I for sure know that this is the exact same thing. So long as I know that like this cup of ice is the same thing as that cup of ice over there, then I can move this cup of ice around. And that cup of ice will move around or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, going back to the candle thing, you had said that you can use the magic from your body to, like, say, light the same candle or the heat from your body. Yeah, to because, like... again, it's physics based. Yeah. right? So the magic in sympathetic magic is the fact that your brain simply has to for fucking sure believe that it's the same thing. That's like yeah. the only magic that's actually happening yeah. here. So basically, right? if you're trying to light the candle with the heat from your own body, you're assuming that the candle, that the flame that would ignite from the candle wick is the same as the heat running through your body, like well, in your the, blood. The more volume of unit of measure. So like, let's say... And, and they talk about this magical system in this manner in the book, right? But like, let's say to ignite that wick, you need 100 ergs of thermal heat, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if you can pull 100 ergs of thermal heat from your body and not go into hypothermia, which if you're a big enough person, you may be able to pull that much heat out of your body without going hypothermic, then you can do that, right? Yeah. And of course, the, the more similar a thing is and the closer a thing is the the closer you can get to one yeah right one being a one-to-one -one relationship of things right so um like uh if my the cotton of my like let's say shirt piece of shirt that i tore off and threw in the fire is like a slightly different cotton than the cotton in that wick Right. Well, it's not as one to one. So I'm going to lose a little bit of energy to 
building that sympathetic link, right? However, I get to make up for that as well as like my fireplace is on the other side of the room. So it's like, a, it's away, right? But I'm gonna be able to gain energy back by me needing a hundred ergs of energy to light that wick. And that being a roaring fire, which has thousands of ergs of energy. So my, so my like lossiness of efficiency doesn't matter. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and they and they talk about this regularly, how you can use like volume or like amount of temperature, right? So if you have access to like a forge heat, you're able to do like, a, you're able to make like way more distant uh, connections of sympathy, uh, both far away and distant in like difference between your two sympathetic connective materials, simply because you have so much heat that if I'm only trying to make a hundred degrees over there, and this thing's a thousand degrees. I mean, dog, I got like room to spare. Yeah, you know. So, so in reality, the only magical part of the thing is that your brain being like so the exact same thing, my dude. Like a hundred percent. Essentially, the, same the thing. magical system in this uh, is just the sympathetic belief, magic system dog. is just raw belief. Yeah, it is just it's the like power Uber of the placebo. Faith. Yeah, a hundred percent. And stuff. But, yeah. but it's it's. It, like it, like intention feels wrong when you describe like the intention to start a fire, but I think that this is, I think that this magical system is essentially doing the same thing as intention because intention is partially asking for an outcome, whatever that outcome is. Right, I want. Uh, success in this interaction, right? I got to send my boss an email and I hope that it, everything works out with that email, right? So that's going to take some amount of energy, right? And using magic for intention is transferring <clears throat> the sort of like background magical radiation or sacrifice or food offering or whatever your practice is from your altar space or your the temporal location of your ritual into this email going to your boss and the universe unfolding in a way that's beneficial to you through the belief, again, because this is all intention is, through the belief you have in your head that you having a glass of wine and leaving some food on a fucking plate at your altar is gonna affect your email, which is a distinctly different thing than your altar space or your food. Hey, stop that. I feel a little attacked. This right now. well, no, no, no. What I'm saying, what I'm <laughs> what I'm saying is is that this magical practice is exactly, exactly the same thing as intention magic, with the difference of them doing the least amount of actual work humanly possible. It's just lazy ass intention magic. And I don't mean lazy from a writing standpoint. It's fucking genius from a writing standpoint. In fact, I mean lazy from a so raw frequently. amount of yeah. energy you have to put into it, right? If you're gonna sacrifice a, a, a fucking piece of bread and a, a sip of wine, on your altar space to affect this email, your sympathetic link between the two is incredibly distant, yeah. right? Whereas if you had like a copy of that email that you like burned in a cauldron or something yeah. like that, now your sympathetic link is closer. So he's saying, he's, or, he's saying do intention, but he's saying do intention, but do less fucking work about or, it, which is genius. Even closer to the link and sympathetic magic, which would be easier for the magic and- Burn that fucking laptop to the ground. 
<laughs> no, is to have open a different email that you had sent to your boss that your boss reacted positively to. Well, it's because it's, now you're it's, getting it's, closer it's simply, in your. It's simply another sympathetic link, and they kind of talk about this in the book because Quoth can do sympathy magic so well, right? So they kind of talk about this in the book, but if I'm trying to, well, again, we're going to go to light the candle because it's like the simplest example, right? Yeah. If, if I'm going to light the candle, I might go like, I might go like, oh, like, let's say this was an old shirt. I'm going to be like, oh, this is an old shirt and it's cotton and I know that wick is cotton, so I'm going to tear a piece of it, throw it in there. Boom. That's good enough. Yeah. Right. But like, if I don't have that, or this is a nice shirt and I don't have very much clothes, I'm not going to sacrifice a piece of cotton for it. Now I could trim a little bit of that wick off with a pair of, with like a knife or a yeah. pair of shoes, then great sympathetic connection. But if I can't do that, then I can go like, well, you could just carry candle wick on you. Right. Well, but, but like, I could also like, if I know that's a cotton wick, I could carry little twigs of cotton. Like I, I, if I had like a twig of cotton, right. Cause cotton grows yeah. in like a bush. Or in fact, if I had any twig at all, then I could connect that it's plant material. And yes, it's a weak sympathetic link, but that might be my solution to that problem. Whereas your solution is like, okay, well, what if you carried some 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 uh, uh, wick on you? Or you used like a piece of hair or some other thing. Or cotton string or hair, yeah. You know, in that you, respect- you used a piece of yarn and I'm, and I'm using a piece of cotton twig, right? We're achieving the same goal, right? And they, Again, they only kind of talk about this because they're like educating on sympathy magic. So they're trying to like lowest common denominator it for the students. But like the it certainly the book series certainly presents a situation where sympathetic magic is not just I mean, it is just like how how boldly you can believe that these two things are the same thing. Right. And it's like raw, simplest form. But how you make that connection, how you make that path is entirely different. Right. And and they talk about this in like for as an example, in the manner in which Quoth does magic so well because of a meditative practice of his. Right. Dropping into the heart of stone. Yeah. Whereas some of these other people can't do the same. They've been doing sympathy for way longer. They can't do nearly the same thing that he can. Yeah. And it's because he has an understanding of these things. Right. It's just like how because of his because he because of his rue background and his like studying of like music and and song and play and like memorizing and things like that finding pattern he's able to make sympathetic connections that others would falter at being able to keep up because he's quick on his feet yeah. being able to shift the sympathetic connection to other things in order to achieve the best result or or like you know splitting it up or yeah. anything like that so i again i like the reason why i want to talk about this is i think that this I think this system perfectly encapsulates and defines in a more scientific way than I would have ever thought of, or I think anybody has ever thought of, um, intention magic. right? And arguably all magic, almost entirely independent of system, but especially uh, intention-based, like modern magic practice, simply because the actual act of magic that's happening in the book is just Raleigh the intention, the 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 forcing your consciousness into not just believing, but accepting. You know, they say like when you do intention magic, like don't ask 
for a thing, say that you have this thing. Yeah. Right. Or that you are. Or that you are this thing. Right. So like, like don't pose a question, be in that place. Say that it sounds an awful lot like chaos magic, doesn't it? I mean, it's kind of all the same thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it, everything's one thing that's put it on a card. Uh, but, um, no, this is this is that thing, but boiled down to like the absolute broth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like rendered to its constituent components in order to build a system where these guys are able to do like crazy shit, right? Because in the beginning, they're like, ah, like we could light this candle, like that's real cool, dog. But like as the books as the book progresses, you see the application of this sort of a skill move into other things. Yeah. Right. And being able to be expressed in different ways. And in fact, we see um the we see quotes our main character and other characters duel magically yeah. and they don't really they, they kind of talk about it in the beginning there's a lot more talk of duels and then as you get further into the series there's one thing that they talk about that is particularly interesting which is they're essentially explaining to another uh, quoth and his friends are essentially explaining to another character how the system of magic works yeah. and she is asking fantastic like m mechanical lore bro, ex bro, bro. exposition like, questions like, like legit I feel like maybe these was questions that was just asked in Patrick Rothfuss blog and he was like I'm just gonna write a character into this book so that way I can explain all these yeah, so right? I can answer all so these fucking questions the, like it's that good yeah, of a part right? to read dude I actually yeah. went back and listened to it a second time like when I got when I first listened to that part oh, because I was just like yeah. I was just like damn dog you are straight at Answer asking and answering the yeah. questions that I have yeah. fucking been asking. Yeah, my guy. So, like, um, so the question you now ask, dear listener, is well, what is magical dueling like for them? And essentially, it's if you and I were dueling, you believe a thing. I just have to believe that your thing is not true harder than you are believing that it is true. Yeah, yeah. It's just straight concentration and a power of will yeah right yeah yeah it's great and it's not i like that it's not like and um, like hand lasers and that kind of stuff yeah but at the same time it's sometimes like clipping uh you know clipping a loot string or like setting a thing on fire or doing like i don't know it it's grabbing a pinch of ash yeah from a fireplace it's such a grounded in practical like like, and I keep saying, I keep saying science, right? Just because, like... They don't actually talk about the physics, the science behind the way that this magic is working in the book. They do explain they the mechanics the of how the magic works and yeah. the physical symptoms. Well, they talk about the science on either like side of the magic. Yeah, but they're not right? talking about the, the, the magic, the magic itself. Science. Again, is just raw intention. It's yeah. just fucking belief, acceptance, and truth, right? But the magic on either side of it is the part where you get where it becomes science and they treat it like a science. They talk about like this sympathetic link is weak. And so you're gonna need 2.5 times the amount of heat to achieve the same thing. Or this sympathetic link is very far away. Or 
you know, uh, like the way that you're holding the link weakens it. So you need a greater source of heat or a greater source of, of force or weight. Or what or happens anything when like that. you don't have a strong sympathetic link or a sympathetic link like at all. Like you're just using your own body's uh, power well, to heat. make the thing happen. Yeah. Your only body's heat, your own body's heat. But like you in have the nothing to link the candle. to. Yeah. So they talk about it in a realistically a very practical way that makes this idea that intention... Uh, with enough belief and willpower, intention makes reality. They really make that um, a lot more grounded than you would think yeah. in terms of, well, if I just believe hard enough, I could shoot a fireball. Okay, no, except no. Uh, but also, yes, but if also, that makes like, sense. If you have, right? if you, if whatever you're, whatever the thing you're trying to set on fire, the air in front of you, you can build a sympathetic link strong enough to a high enough heat source then like conceptually yes i mean i guess your, you your sympathetic link is mario yeah right <laughs> yes right so but like so you can do that as well as you can like you or can Luigi, you course. can you can both upset somebody else's sympathetic link or reinforce it and make it yeah. more powerful right uh as well as like the manner in which you're 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 making that link. You can just heat for heat it, but you can also heat for this other thing. They talk about the connection between like heat and motion. I mean, to, the reason why I think of it as physics-y is because, so um, if you partake in the pseudoscience of observation bias, which like, uh, so the double slit experiment is where when you fire a photon through two slits, you have like a photon generator and you fire it through two slits. Okay, hold on. You're gonna expect to get- Hold on, hold on. Every time this experiment is mentioned, which is probably far more than most people, I, I immediately become a 13-year-old boy in my head. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. You say uh, double split ex slit experiment, and I'm like, <laughs> Wow. Every yeah, single time. I feel, like, I feel like that's inside stuff, not outside stuff. You I, I just had inside. to share that, yeah. Um, Hey, in this episode, I am the color commentator. That's fair. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um... But so, uh, so it should make uh, essentially like two bars. Yeah. Right. Uh, but depending on how you observe the output, you will either get a wave or a particle. Right. So, and you can, and they, you can do this where you observe it with sensors. You can observe the the sensors could read the observation backwards in time because we know how to make that work in physics and I don't want to get into the nitty-gritty of that Please that don't. seems probably a bit dramatic but um so so like we can do that but every time we observe it we collapse the waveform into a thing it's just like it's like a thing that occurs right so is us as observers causing reality to collapse in that way physics says no, not really. That's not really how that works. It's it's kind of simpler than that because to observe is to interact. It, it's like a whole thing. Um, <laughs> so like, no, it's not like the observer bias. Like when I look at it, it changes, right? Like you don't make the cat dead or alive when you open the box. It, it's not, you're not an X-Men. Um, I, I don't, I don't hundred percent agree with that. And we'll get into that at an incredibly later date. But, um, but basically what this is saying is that in a world where the observer bias is the truth, right? By observing with enough intention, with enough focus, that two things are the same thing, then we're able to essentially make them the same thing. You're able to 
entangle something across a distance based on using observer bias physics. Yeah. Right. So he's quantumologically entangling, right? He's causing quantum entanglement between the cotton in his hand and the cotton of that wick before he throws it in the fire. As the cotton in the fire changes state, the cotton in the wick will change state because of quantum entanglement. That isn't really how entanglement works. That's not how the observer bias works. That's obviously not how any of that works. But the manner in which they talk about all of the steps that go into it and the like math and science behind it in the series, it's almost implied in this series that that's how their physics work. Yeah. Right? Like their physics has those two pseudoscience, those two like woo woo wee physics are true statements instead of false statements, boom, sympathetic magic instantaneously works. Yeah. Is kind of the way that they're talking about it because they really go into it from a very, like, math class phase. Yeah. You know what I'm do. saying? They do. Like, yes, yeah, sure, second teacher was like, I'm a cool teacher. We're going to do, like, like math battles, you know? Yeah. Like, that's gangster. But, like, at the beginning, it's really, like, lectures, because there's, like, a whole thing in the first book where he talks about lectures of, like, s- things that are same as other things and, like, energy tables for how certain things require certain, certain amounts of energy to cause them to combust. And it's just, like, rote memory of the physical properties of the universe in order to allow you to use sympathetic magic. Yeah powerfully enough and to that end i would argue that actual intention magic is certainly bolstered by knowledge yes right the more specific you are the greater the connection like the type of spell or intention or focus or whatever matters as well as an understanding of the things that you're doing Right. Yes. Also, you know, the like stumble into you're the you're a wizard, Harry, is yeah. sort of antithetical to the idea that like it takes time and practice to persevere in a pursuit. But like, I, whatever, man. But also, like <laughs> having 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 real world knowledge and also having scholarly knowledge with this stuff too, yeah. um, does help to improve your magical practice because when you do a spell, one of the things that people will ask is. Is, you know, like, did my spell work? Is this person cursing me? Do I have X problem? Like these sort of things. The the idea is always mundane before magic. What are the mundane reasons this is happening before you start looking at the magical reasons? Because when you have looked through all of the mundane reasons using your knowledge both as a person who is living in this time so your street smarts knowledge so so to speak and your book book knowledge so to speak like now you can start ruling out mundane causes and you can start looking at magical causes all the while knowing these are the mundane things over here that could affect it so well and just the same not just as a post spell or whatever uh interaction but also beforehand like like if you're doing intention based magic and spell jars in order to lose weight right uh, also knowing that putting like only having one slice of cake instead of eating half of a cake is still going to help right because yeah. like magic you know it's that thing like you hear them say whenever working with gods or whatever uh this is like a thing in like norse stuff 
I don't know if it's with everyone else, but like, it's sort of like gods only help those who help themselves, right? Like the Norse gods don't have time for your whining and pandering. If you're willing to help yourself, they'll help you. But if you're just going to like sit here and bitch and moan, they're not going to help you. This is like a common sort of communication so thing this is in the not... Norse practice where it's just like, it's like, it's like if all you're going to do is snivel and not like, you know, put down the fork or hit the gym. Like, you know, like if you're trying to lose weight, right? Yeah. Like, why would they help you? But if you're willing to do that, they're going to bolster you. They're going to so, give you strength and power so to do that thing, that's right? Not, I don't know that all Norse practitioners believe that, yeah, by the so way. That's just a common general, conversation. That's not the way that, like, a lot of magic a lot of like, like mythoses work uh, i say mythos is very specifically here like when you're thinking of like ancient greek stuff or egyptian stuff or anything like that you have less of this we help those who help themselves kind of mentality mm. and uh, and things just sort of like happen to people like the greek gods they just sort of happen yeah. to people yeah. right greek gods uh, like that doesn't place. mean that people happens. don't ask for things and they get them but the greek gods just sort of happen um to people however in modern deity work um and in my own experience as well, there is definitely a they help those who help themselves aspect to it, which is like if you are working with a patron deity or any deity or asking for something, then they're going to tell you, OK, well, this is what you need to do to achieve this thing. This thing is not something where they're like, granted, boop. You yeah. on the nose and your your, your desire is now granted. you're six foot four. Fuck, <laughs> yeah, right. right? Um, <laughs> now you're hung like Drake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, allegedly, <laughs> yeah, allegedly, we'll yeah. see. Um, I mean, I'm not gonna see. I don't know Drake. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, allegedly about the the whole situation. Although if Drake shows up at my house, pants down. We're going to know exactly what yeah. happened, right? Listen, if we learn that and we don't sign an NDA, we'll let you know, too. Sharing yeah. is caring. Yeah, I exactly. Guess. Exactly. So anyway, like in modern deity work, that is exactly how that works. Like where you're asking for a thing and the deity is like, OK, well, this is what you need to do yeah. for me to help you for that to work out. That sort of thing. The deity is more, it's like, more a, like guiding. It's star more, the deity is more like a coach. Yeah. Than like um, than like a, a like a like a cue or like a magical fairy yeah, or uh, godmother kind of thing yeah. where they just like boop and then a thing happens yeah. to you. Um, and I think that that's much more accurate to the way that the world works, anyways. Um, it's a lot more cause and, and effect. Uh, it is an interesting parallel to what we are like the way that modern like pagan and heathen um and witchy deity work works uh um in comparison to the way that like modern christianity views things which is a lot more of the ask for it and god will give it to you if he feels like you're worthy of it kind of yeah, thing yeah. um it's a very well, interesting but, but, but sort the of ask for it and idea. feel like it's worthy sort of a thing where it's so off subject right now but it's i'm definitely willing to get into this um i think often comes from the comes from the the like like Christian idea that those who are successful or beautiful or powerful got it because they're good people and they're blessed by God. Yeah. Right. So it's reinforced by the idea that like, look at that beautiful, successful person over there. Like they must be blessed by God. Therefore, 
like I can be beautiful and successful if I strive for God's blessing. It's sort yeah. of like inversely proportionate to the reality of things. And also that person is probably or being beautiful but, and successful um, means I already have. Yeah. The, the grace of God. Yeah. Yeah. Therefore. Right. Exactly. It's, it's the connection between goodliness and godliness. Although that kind of a would thing. be a very Greek, a Greek deity sort of thing. Yeah. If um, well, they borrowed from a lot of people. If, if so. like uh, if like Drake is out there just doing his thing, being beautiful and successful and whatever, and a deity looks down and they're like, big dong. Yeah. They Boom. Just, they just get it you. Just no, okay. That's that's for you. You're well, that is you're that welcome. is. So such Greek god energy. I mean, that is, that like, is, that is, that is. No, 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 that totally is. Yeah. Anyway, we are quite far off topic uh, with this. Anywho, so um, inten- intention and sympathy. Now, they talk about another, There, there is another sort of branch or offshoot or even perhaps parallel um, magical system that they talk about in this mm-hmm. book. And we don't entirely know where it fits in in the little Venn diagram because they haven't talked a whole lot about that. Got, and that's learning the names of things. The uh, true like, names of things. Yeah. But before we get into this, we will talk about this in a different episode. <gasps> oh, we, we will know. talk about names in a different episode. Tune in for and, part and, two, and, 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 the, and the reason why is, one, you haven't caught up. Oh, so you're not okay. done with the yes, book. That is right? correct. So and and I knew that I could do intention and yeah. and sympathy without getting into late book right. stuff. Uh so but we might have to get into that for like into the road book stuff. Um All right. All right. So so I think that that's a different thing uh that we should definitely talk about and when we're done with when she's done with a book, we can get into I'm pretty good at remembering the details of books. Yeah. Stories. So at the so point we'll that, that I am at without without doing big spoilers or anything yeah. like that, because this whole thing is like actually miraculously been without big spoilers. Yeah. Is, the se- the is, second uh, episode that we go into when we go into the. Um, we'll probably have spoilers. We'll, well, yeah. we'll have to do. Spoilers. So yes. the idea behind naming things, because I did mention it and I do want to bring it up because it does come up in the first book and up to where I am in the second book as well, is knowing the true name of a thing allows you to command and or summon that thing yeah. so, a thing, uh, knowing a thing's name gives you control knowing a thing's it. true name yeah true gives name. you control not like bob it. over there and then you're like bob and he's just like you got me um <laughs> it's not like that that's just because bob's weird but yeah, like yeah it's, yeah <laughs> it's uh like knowing the real name of a thing yes yeah yes. which very coolly enough they mentioned this i think in the first book they talk about how like if you hear somebody call a name it's in the second book. I actually oh, recently hit this yeah. part. If somebody does invoke, say, the name of something, like the name of uh, wind or fire, fire, I think, is the one that they use. Um, if you, as a person who does not know the name of fire, hear it or wind or whatever the thing is, if you don't know that true name of that thing, what you hear is the word for that. Well, you hear your the language. word fire or the we- the word wind, and it's because your brain just goes like, ah, that's fire. Like, it, ju- it just kind of, like, rejects. Yeah. Uh, which, again... This it gets, just auto this, 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 yeah. this gets into some this gets into some deeper stuff with naming that I I don't want to dive into. So we're That's not totally fine. We're not, we're not gonna go there. We're not gonna go there. Um, I don't need this to be twice as long as it currently is because I literally have at least this much stuff to say about naming. Um, as well as there's <laughs> some stuff later on that um that have to be brought up in the conversation that you haven't gotten to yet. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so yeah, stay tuned for that. Whatever. But anyway, one, have you read this book series? Uh, And then two, way more importantly than that, uh, what do you think about um, 
sympathetic magic. Yeah. Right. Like how, like how, how do you vibe with that? Do you think that that's like intentionality? Do you think I'm just like blowing smoke uh, and I'm confused or something like that? Is I it really something like that it. you're going to try? I it, mean, not necessarily lighting a candle using a, but a, trying a, to find know, sympathetic connections between, uh, between like the in, like the th- intention of a spell and the and the output of a spell or or something to that extent. Uh, I, like, I kind of do that. Yeah. Right. Less like this is cotton and this is cotton because obviously I'm not like trying to light a candle or whatever. Like that's a super simple example. Yeah. But like I generally try and find like a. Connective... Although, have you tried? I have not. For what that's worth. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm, maybe that works. I mean, I remember staring at objects for hours upon end when I was young, trying, trying, trying to, to them move them I think, or light I think, them on I think fire. Th- yeah. Easily the best, the best magic ever put to film is that one where it's the three ladies who do magic and they just blow on candles to light them. Those three oh, like, sister practical witches. Magic? Practical magic, okay. I think. Yeah, I think it's yeah, practical magic. I think so. Um, I vividly remember the scenes that scene when they're first lighting all those candles it is the fucking it's coolest, very it's cool the it's the coolest very cool. magic see, ever see dude. i was they're, always they're a just... witches of eastwick person not oh. that i'm saying one or the other right yeah sure but for i mean they're me, both bangers right? witches of eastwick was that yeah. and i don't entirely understand why the 80s i mean it's were um, a it's amazing time. is a more than acceptable answer. yeah it's an amazing yeah. movie and uh i love it a yeah. ton even though i haven't watched it like it's not something that i watch all the time but we watched it in the I last absolutely year or so. love we have it was on tv I yeah think. yeah um i absolutely love the way that they handle that kind of magic and they do kind of do this like sympathetic magic yeah. in it yeah um using again, cherry it's just, pits again it's just it's it's that like sort of raw and Intention and connection, because that's also what that magic is. Yeah, is intention and connection, right? And I think that when we are doing intention magic ourselves, being able to, so I I believe that we should always be moving and changing and improving and altering and adding to our practices, right? Um, I think that that motion is what gives us the capacity to continue to learn and evolve as practitioners as uh, people who are in the, the more esoteric spaces and like heathen spaces and things like that. Um, and I think that adaptability not only gives us incredible strength, prepares us for all things that are to come, but also puts us in a position where we are offering a different approach than to those who are static in the way that they do that. And there's nothing wrong with being static in the way that you do your practice, religion, like Christian and shit, or magical or otherwise. Um, but I think that like moving and changing has a lot of benefit. I think that you grow a lot from that. And I think you, it also gives you the opportunity to see where those Venn diagrams in like 10th dimensional space actually exist, right? Because if I had not thought about it this way, sympathetic magic would have just been a cool thing in a book. But when I saw the intentionality and the science behind it, my mind went like, oh shit, okay. Like, how can I connect this to something that I already do? Where can I find like my sort of truth from it? And then where can I like learn from it to improve my practice? Yes, it's just a storybook, right? It's a fiction book written by some guy, but it doesn't mean that one, it doesn't hold a gleam of truth. And two, that it's fun and entertaining. And frankly, fun and entertaining is worth its weight in gold, dude. Yeah. 
right? Absolutely. How many how many people exercise simply because or how, how many kids were out in the yard playing exercise and having a good time not bugging their parents because they watch WWE and decided to try to stone cold their brother, right? Yes. <laughs> or, or 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 watching stone sports. cold isn't a move by the way. That's called a stunner. That's the name of the move. It's the whole move. Stone cold stunner. No. Yeah, say the whole thing. I mean, it is a stone. For, I was. I'm on a first name a... basis with the stone cold stunner. <laughs> You mean you're on a two-name basis? The first name is Stone Cold, last name Stunner. Yeah. <laughs> is that hyphenated? Yeah, it Or is. with like an apostrophe? It's <laughs> Axante Goo. It's just in the middle there. It's <laughs> just in the middle. Yeah, just Stone, Axante Goo, Cold. There's just like an O with a line through yeah, it for whatever. no reason. The um, O is silent. It's a silent O. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> you know, but is that no different than like playing basketball, like watching basketball on TV and then seeing... I, I don't know. LeBron James. That's a basketball name. Uh, seeing LeBron James um, like do a thing and then you try that on the court or you hear about these basketball players or football players or, or any other sport, honestly, who like, oh, in the offseason, they took ballet dancing or in the offseason, yeah. they played this other sport, you know, baseball or bloody whatever to like learn from that and improve their game back you know back in their own house so it's so i think that it's a thing or that we like always for me do. one of the things that i'm particularly into is oil painting and uh i regularly watch videos of oil of of people that i like their paintings of so like bob ross and and uh kevin hill and stuff like that to try and better understand how to hone my craft yeah. with oil painting yeah. and essentially that's really just sort of a long form sympathetic magic I am well, and, and sort of looking at the painting that they're doing and doing my own interpretation of a painting but like I'm basically making my painting like their painting even though my painting is different yeah. and I definitely can see well, but where look at look at when you look there. at when you watch somebody paint with acrylics but you can use that knowledge to apply to oils or vice versa yeah right like it, it doesn't necessarily have to because be because the sympathetic in the same medium vein. is paint. Yeah, well, or just art. Yeah, the medium doesn't have to be so physically linear. Yeah, right. Um, a feature that I think the book doesn't really dive into because the book is very practical in its magic. Yeah, but I think it's something that we almost over exemplify in the way that we do intention based magic or like like some forms of chaos magic where it's like all sort of vague connective logic as opposed to just like there's a piece of metal fuck that guy's car right <laughs> <laughs> so like but but sometimes you're doing magic and you're just like listen curse this guy how about some graveyard nails those got all kind of grave up on it that guy maybe maybe some whales eat him so what right Getting graved up. What? Dead. With whales? Yeah. They're the ones that are doing it for us, guys. We got to thank the whales. Okay. Yeah. You know. Eating billionaires and such. Oh, okay. Wow. That was a She was She a wasn't stretch. keeping up. It's all no, right. No, I was not keeping up. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> Toss got it. It's okay. <laughs> I was just he like, understands. why would you be, why would a whale have a graveyard nail? They eat anything. I don't think that that's true. No, that's sharks. Uh, 
Yeah, it also actually, goats. I don't even know if that's true about sharks, but I like don't that's think it is that's too. the that's the uh, Jaws like joke. Yeah, you know? they're like oh, it's like a license plate and a bike and, and like, like a scooter. And yeah, like just a like all kind of cap. all kind of weird shit inside that shark. You're like, all right, how'd that get in the ocean? You're guys? like, why is this shark eating a car? Yeah, what's he's just, going he's just, on? He's just in there doing that. It's yeah, whatever, that's just man. that's just whatever. Jaws propaganda right there. <laughs> Jaws propaganda. <laughs> Hashtag propaganda. Uh, no, but so whatever. Whatever. That's Sympathetic Magic. It's an interesting exploration. It's a fantastic book series. I think it gives us an opportunity to improve uh, and further explore the way that we do intention-based and chaos-based magic. So it's especially insightful for me. Um, and I kind of wanted to share that with you guys and see what y'all think. Um, so like, let us know. Comment below with all that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, this has been a pub chat. I'm out of... I'm out of brandy and I'm, I want more. So and I'm, I'm in this here. Down in the dregs of this tea. I'm in this here so I can get more drinking. Uh, but yeah, either way, I have been John Norgrove. This has been Julie Norgrove. This has been the Horn. And Cauldron Podcast. Podcast. Pub Chat Edition because of the drinking like we just talked about. And we will catch you guys next time for more of this stuff. Do all the stuff. Like and subscribe and all that shit. Yeah. And uh, yeah, next week regular podcast same amount of drinking I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you guys it's the same amount of drinking yeah but regular podcast so i'm not in charge and as always thank we'll you, you to our patrons who help us do what we do but better every time yep you guys are the best and uh stay tuned for some some patron based updates we'll do a special video for it so don't don't worry about that but uh yeah whatever we'll catch you guys next time stay magical folks yeah and don't forget breathe in self-confidence and breathe out self-doubt